Good morning, Jerry. Good morning, John. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing very well, and I'm going to ask you the same. How are you doing? Oh, uh, I'm doing excellent. Actually, I had a good night's sleep. I'm all set to go. I'm wearing a really cool T-shirt. Yeah, you were a little startled when I asked that question. I understand it because usually I only think of myself and don't ask it. That's correct. That is correct. We have a winner. Uh, yes, and the T-shirt I'm wearing is a Brocho T-shirt. Season of the Ox T-shirt, which was Ooh. a few seasons ago. It's a damn good-looking T-shirt based on the Chinese New Year stamp. You're oh, the Ox. Yeah. This hey, is listen, Season got, of the Ox. Yeah. I got stamped, too. I got the, I got the Season of the Rat. I got the oh, Rat, rat. rat with the That's stamp. a good-looking rat. Good-looking rat. And, yeah, I mean, the stamp, the whole bit. So we, we've both mm. been labeled with these stamps on our chest. Yeah. It's a good feeling. It's a very good feeling. Uh, I like these seasonal T-shirts. Uh, yeah, I had a request for one uh, this week, and I I uh, fulfilled the order. Oh, really? I thought you were yeah. going to say, ha, 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 you can't have it. No, Blondie asked, and she, <laughs> she asked in a very nice way. Well, she's part of the crew. I, I she's part of the crew. She should have one. She, she should have, have a shirt. Yeah. Well, it's on on its way. It'll be there between the 1st and the 3rd of September. Uh, Yeah, she's got Season of the Lizard t-shirt coming her way. And by the way, that t-shirt has created a lot of envy among people. Yeah, I've I've been wearing it and getting a few responses. Uh, I'm going to continue wearing it uh, because I enjoy it. It makes me feel good. And, you you know, know, I feel good about I feel good about lizards. I'm glad you do, but before we go there, I should also point out that this is an international T-shirt. Oh, I thought you were going to say this is an international show. Well, no. (laughs) Sounds like I carried away. You know, know, our printer, the people who print our T-shirts have uh, printing facilities in Europe, in South America, and and also in Australia and uh, Mm. the Near East. So it's you know, if you want a T-shirt in that area, then I just send the order. There's a little extra fee for it being farmed out to another country. But, uh, yeah, Sarah down in Australia got her T-shirt, you know, a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, and really likes it. She's got the, the Seasonal Lizard T-shirt also. People see it. They want it, John. What can I say? Well, I think it was important for us when we looked at a, a T-shirt producer to make sure that it kind of it fit us internationally. In other words, yeah. Take a look at where the production facilities are. Take a look where the yeah. listening audience is and see that they're yeah. pretty well aligned. And before you know it, we've got ourselves a T-shirt vendor. Yeah. Uh, non-English speaking people don't tend not to like our uh, podcast. They can't understand the Americanisms and such. But, you know, a lot of friends in Germany and Holland who uh, tried to listen to us and tried. They couldn't do it. Tried. Yeah. <laughs> well, first of all, they couldn't tell us apart. No, to them, all Americans sound the oh, same. Oh, that's that's well. And two Daniels know. definitely sound the same. Oh, that's right. That's, I don't want to comment on us sounding alike. That could be another. That we say that for another show. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I can't face all of my fears either. So I appreciate that. All right. So uh, we have a sponsor. Oh yes, we do. And it's going to segue into a story too. I think. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Uh, Wow. 
Go ahead. I'll let well, you know the it. Texas horn or the horned lizard is the uh, as our you give the uh, I don't quite have the prompter. Oh, okay, let me give you the name. Here it is. It's the horned lizard conserva- conservation society. See how trouble it is. Yes. That's yeah. The, that's the nonprofit. And boy, do they, they have a t-shirt. t-shirt. Ooh, do they have a t-shirt? It looks mildly, somewhat similar to our season of the lizard t-shirt, but it's, <laughs> I don't want to say anything, but it's not the same, but no. They have a really good one, and if you buy one, it supports their organization, which has no salaries. They're all volunteer, and they're trying to save the little horned lizards. And yeah, that studying them, too. saving them, yeah, uh, it's it's all good. It's happening down there, and it's centered in Austin. And but it, you know, of course, this lizard kind of stretches itself out parts of New Mexico, yeah. Arizona, etc. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. So I mean, the, you take a look at this little critter, and you say, yeah, we need to save this. This animal. Well, it happened, John. It's starting to happen. Uh, fruit yeah. Is, there's fruit to yield here. Here's, and so this leads to our lizard story. And the lizard yeah. story is that there's a zoo, the Caldwell Zoo, in Tyler, Texas, which mm-hmm. is not really in the area where there are horned lizards. Oh. It's more east Texas. It's just east. It's between Dallas and the Louisiana state line. Right, about 100 miles right. east of yeah, Dallas. Exactly. Nice city. For uh, for northeast Texas, it is the largest city. It's got over 100,000 people in it, which is, I mean, in that area of the country, that's a big city. And so they have their own zoo. <coughs> and so they got delivery of some baby horned lizards, and they're about the size of a quarter. Yeah. Are they I cutest they guys? got the eggs and they hatched them there, didn't they? They did indeed. So mm. the conservation effort is going forward, and that's something zoos can do, you know, right. is to protect a, an endangered species and start breeding them. And so they're doing that there, and they're looking forward to getting more, but they got two to start with. They're cute right. as can be. Uh, they feed them baby crickets, and mm-hmm. then, yeah, and they have to hydrate them. They spritz them with water all the yeah, time and give them plenty to drink. Yeah. And when they're young, they dehydrate easily. You know, their their wow. horns and what have you are firming up. They're really cute, though. We got pictures in the show notes, and we got a link to a uh, uh, People magazine article covering this. It's yeah, really I mean, cool. this is national news, needless to oh, say. Yeah. It hits People magazine. Yeah. Um, and the other thing, though, that really kind of fascinated me is that you, you realize that what's going to eventually happen, and hopefully successfully, I'm sure it will be, they're going to have to set these animals out into the regular habitat so that they can start repopulating themselves. What yes. Kind of, and uh, I know we got to let these critters grow a little bit. I was a little yeah. disappointed when I found out only one of them at this point had been named Uno, which kind of makes you think, well, the yeah. second one's pretty obvious. It should be Duo or whatever, but that's okay. Yeah. I yeah. also I'm feel okay. that maybe yeah. neither of them should have been named because – You'll become attached to them, and we've got to let them go. Yeah, that's the problem. Well, you, Yeah, you I mean, covered, they talk about them yeah. in the article. The, the zookeepers keep com- referring to them as, you know, uh, we've got, you know, additions to our home. Uh, yeah. We've got, we've added to our, our family. family. Yeah. But, you know, it's tough when you have to basically separate yourself from part of your family. At least yes, sometimes. It sometimes it's good, yeah. sometimes it's bad. It gets really tough when you have to eat them. 
Well, that's a whole nother thing, and we can, uh, yeah, I just lost my appetite. Thank you very much. And you know, hey, what? It, it, hey, it was your story last week. Lizard kebabs or whatever those were we were looking at. Oh, Man, that yeah, was rough. Well, yeah, that was rough. Now, hey, okay, you notice I didn't ask how what, whether these animals are good eating. No, you didn't. I, I tried to refrain that. from that, but of course I just did. <laughs> you just did say it. You said it. It's okay, though. It's okay. It's okay. No. Uh, yeah, on, on uh, a lot. Of, well, here's the rule for names: if you name something, you can't eat it. Okay, you might try to remember that. So maybe, maybe this is protection for the animal that you know zookeepers won't get carried away and start barbecuing them because they have names. At least one of them does. Wow. So yeah, I think it's really good that we, you know, we we see our sponsor in action. We can use yeah. it as a story. Yeah. It's breaking news. It's timely. It's just happened over this last month. And I know we don't do follow-up anymore, but I'm going to follow this myself. Just going to okay. do it. That's good. Personal personal education. Yes. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Hey, John. Hey, do we have a word? I was just going to ask you if we had a word. It's your well, week okay. for the word. It's my word, so I guess you should have asked me, and I'll say, yes, we do have a word. A okay. word is imbroglio. Uh, it's I-M-B-R-O-G-L-I-O. Uh, this yeah. word I picked up when I'm reading a book about uh, uh, our President Eisenhower. I like 50s stuff. I figured, what the heck. It's, called, it's a book about his, his rise to presidency and what he did during it. And in that book, it discussed uh, a variety of, of, of conflicts and struggles with respect to a variety of topics. And so uh, what does this word mean? It means a confused, perplexing, political or interpersonal situation, a difficult or intricate situation, an entanglement. Mm. It's like where you just kind of get caught up, where you get helplessly in the middle of a complex situation. Um, And it was used in terms of the Korean War, so the ceasefire in Brolio has left North and South Korea at war for almost 70 years. Now, of course, what's interesting about this word is it can be taken on a personal level because we seem to have a, the bros, believe it or not, as smooth as we deliver the show. Quite often yeah. we have these imbroglios during the week oh. as we develop and cultivate the material that you will be listening to. And it's very interesting that it's also timely and on an international level as we speak because of what's happening in the middle with Afghanistan. Yeah. But we could talk about it in terms of Korea, Vietnam, Iraq, talk about it, any of these things that happen in the United States. Uh, it's all imbroglio, like our whole thing with the with COVID. We could be discussed in that yeah. way. We could talk about yeah. COVID vaccination. Yeah. yeah. You know? Highly contested. Yeah, people so, get, have all kinds of feelings about the the vaccine and and mandates and masks and ugh. right. So it's a good word. I uh, I've seen it several times, and I feel that it's one that could be used on a time. You know, it's it's here to be used. It's well, just out it there. Could saying, be used for us. Say it. it be used say for it. us. You know, you Well, yeah, it, for us. Let's yeah. not go there. Yeah, it, what, it, gets, really? it gets pretty. Really? Well, yeah. I mean, what happened this Why morning? Why don't you want to go there? And again and again. Yeah, you just you you're, you're like poking the bear when it comes to the what you do with the podcasting personality of this show. I have to get it. You know, people don't realize this. 
that, that you're in a mortibund situation when I run into you in the morning. And so you're like, this, oh, hello, Jerry. And well, I, I'm just I trying to myself. relax and keep my energy for the show. The big one. No, no, you're half dead. <laughs> yeah. And so I know what the deal is. I have to create a conflict so that you will get, you'll get all energized and you get pissed okay. off. And then, then you got the energy it takes to do the show. Oh dear. I tried that and wait. You know what? Don't try it with respect to wait, waking up your wife. I tried that with mine. It, oh. it, it backfires on you. Oh, okay. I'm glad you pointed that out because I was just about to do it yesterday <laughs> and I thought, Maybe I should talk to John about this. Yeah, I, I'm good at, when it comes to marriage consulting, I'm good on what not to do. Don't tell me what to do. I can't, can't tell you what to do, but I can tell you what not to do. I know. I know. I go, I go with that. Or it works another way, too. I can ask you what you would do, and then I do the opposite. <laughs> that, works. Mm. that works. That mm. works. Okay. Oh, don't get your feelings hurt. Oh. Oh dear, boy. Well, you know what? You know, I'm say, have to, I, you know, I need some therapy because of do. the way you've abused our yeah. relationship and yeah. the way you've treated me this morning. And yeah. out of sheer desperation, I'm going to go right to the top. I'm not going to go the dog route. Now, no. no disrespect to dogs, and we've talked a lot about dog therapy. And I think when it comes to the more popular therapy, we know that every practically. We need, but sometimes you need something a little bit stronger, and boy, yeah. do we have the animal that'll deliver. Let's have it, John. What is it? It's a llama. Therapy llamas are heavyweights. They are the major league of therapy animals. Uh, they are, you know, you just would say, well, llamas, come on, give me a break. I think there's a couple things as we talk about them, uh, and we talk about the therapy they can impart to the people. We need to understand that this animal, you know, when, you, when you're dealing with a dog, you look down at the dog. When you're with a llama, you are looking right, eye contact is right at your level because they're about five and a half, six feet tall. They're pretty hefty. Uh, in addition to the fact that they do stare at you. Uh, yeah, they so do. They, they, really have, got, they have eyes. They have a set of eyes. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of things we can, just a little background there, you know, yeah. this is not an endangered species. This is a domesticated animal that there's over 7 million of them in South America where they're used for a variety of things, include uh, packing animals, and they're smart animals. Yeah. I mean, if you put a load on a, on, a, on a llama and all of a sudden he says, you know what, this guy put too much stuff on my back, he'll just lay down until you start unloading it to the point that they feel comfortable carrying it. I mean, these these are not critters that are going to be uh, fooled. Uh, no. They're, they're smart. So, uh, that, you know, that's the background, but they, of course, are just domesticated here in the States. Uh, one of the uses we ha we have for it is they're very good in terms of their, their fur. And that's what I – well, part of the story I'll get into is that I actually visited a llama yesterday. You did? Part of my, yeah, my investigative reporting. Just yeah. it just attracted me to say I gotta I gotta hunt down one of these critters and and really check it out. But before I do that, I just want to say that their fur is is kind of coarse on the on the outside exterior, mm -hmm. and so it's used for more rope rugs. But however, yeah. the inside, the interior fur is nice and soft, so it can be used for clothing and making things such as sweaters, etc. So they're related. They're related to camels. They're like fluffy camels, right? Yeah, they are. Uh, and the problem with our weather, you know, this summer and here in Texas, I'm here in Chicago. We both have a yeah. 
it's hot, humid, 90 degrees. So this yeah. is not the, the perfect climate for them. They are more animals that like to have a mountainous, and they're hardy animals that like more of a cold climate. Uh, so I kind of, uh, so what happened yeah. uh, in, in terms of myself, and then we can talk a little bit about the power of their therapy, is that I went out to uh, Brookfield Zoo yesterday in search of, of the uh, animal, and, and I had to go to what they call the petting zoo, and I thought mm. this would be good. I'd get close to them, but the problem was it was so cold, hot that they kind of kept them in a shelter with a fan on them. And I'll tell you, these poor, these, there were two of them there. Uh, one of them was Cinnamon, and the other one was Lucy. Uh, Cinnamon is the only one I really could get some good eye contact with. Uh, yeah, the two two female uh, llamas, and uh, you could just tell. I mean, that I actually got one of them to stand. Uh, Cinnamon to stand up and stare me down. Felt yeah. good about it. You could just see the eye contact was there. Yeah. Fortunately, there. there was a little bit of distance, but uh, mm-hmm. I was able to get a photo op out of it all. A kind of a <laughs> yeah, I uh, photoshopped it a bit. I think. Yeah, you did. It, it looks good though. It looks good. It looks yeah. Good. yeah. So very festive. You know, but but really, when it comes to the practicality of this animal as it relates to therapy. Um, what we find is they're used in a variety of ways. A logical ones like we talked about with dogs would be, you know, hospitals for kids, hospitals for maybe critically ill patients. But it goes a little bit further than that. I yeah, mean, it does. Yeah, it we've does. got education. I mean, out there, uh, a couple of the articles that you, you uh, came up with indicate mm-hmm. the fact that, you know, kids go to college and uh, you've got an article in San Francisco area so we got stanford berkeley and hey these are yeah. heavyweight universities so they yeah. need some they need something to kind of de- decompose get those kids a little bit ready to take tests and get them get a little of the edge off because yeah. they're just too yeah. pressured too yeah. dense so mm-hmm. what do they do they bring therapy llamas in to that college environment to kind of cool the kids out and make sure that they can do better yeah. um i've actually seen articles where uh, they've actually used llamas to go into uh, a, a protest situation or maybe yeah. a strike. Labor, see labor disputes. Labor. So what you do is you bring in, there was one called uh, Caesar, the no drama llama that would just be able <laughs> to just walk there. He would be able to, he'd be able to cool everybody down and get everybody to settle down so they can talk to each other reasonably. Yeah. So uh, don't upset the llama, right? Yeah. But these are very, very social animals. They and they actually like humans. And there's, I think, the most interesting thing I read about them is quite often llamas have a bad rap of the fact that they spit, and they do yeah. spit. Yeah, there, there's no denying that. Yeah, but they like to spit at each other as means by which to kind of communicate and also instruct. Hey, do something, you clown. You know, the other yeah. words. They, they will spit at each other, and that's the way they kind of, you know, be able to get them to kind of do something they want, like a dominant uh, llama versus one that's trying to be trained, etc. But what I found out, what's interesting, is that there is situations where they will spit at humans. And when that happens, it's usually when you've over-socialized the animal. Now, how yeah. did that happen? Well, they think you're a llama. You, they think you're another llama. Well, yeah, and that, that's going to happen if you, for example, decide, well, I want a baby llama. I'll take it from its mother, and I'll start nursing it, you know, as a youngster. And then all of a sudden, the llama doesn't know about other llamas, and you become the llama. And if you become that's the right. llama, you're going to get spit at. There's going to be drama. 
and there will be drama. There will be drama. Hey, hey, hey! It's, it's almost twenty minutes. We got to we got to haul ass into the two takes. Sorry, John. No, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, we've 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 done a good job on that topic. I think we've given all the deets that we need to. Yeah. So yeah. what's next then? What the hell? Hey. Yeah. Here is the question: What is next, indeed? So, uh, therapy llamas are good. They're great. They're wonderful. And I think we need more of them, John. That's the bottom line. Yeah, I mean, we got they're out there. I mean, it's just not an endangered species. So they're out there. We need to have more in the Midwest, that's for sure. I think they, they're yeah. cornering the market out there in the West Coast, between Portland, Seattle, uh, Northern California. We need, to, we yeah. need to start working on getting more llamas in hospitals in Chicago, Austin, whatever. Yeah, yeah I agree. I could not agree more. Wow. Well, that was moving. I think now we need two groaners if you have them. Yeah, we need to move is what we need to do. Let's do it. Okay. Well, listen, we've got a, we've got two groaners today. Our groaners are provided to us by Vincent Anthony Lauder, Jr., commonly referred to as the coach. The coach. And he is delivered as usual. Uh, no need to go to any additional resources no. to get my groaners because he, he, Vince came through with two choice groaners. So let's go for it. What? Do you call the family of ducks that prayed into the Peabody Hotel every day? Uh, what do you call the family of ducks that prayed into the Peabody Hotel every day? Now, it could be any hotel, but I kind of wanted to throw in that because they do have ducks there. They do, and you and I have been to the Peabody Hotel with our brother. Yeah, Little Rock. And our brother. In Memphis, but that's right. Okay, so what do you think you call those wonderful ducks? I don't know, John. Fritz Quackers. Oh, that is excellent. <laughs> oh, that's excellent. And, you know, Mary Jane and I just saw, we just watched Regarding Henry, Henry, which Ritz Crackers plays a dominant role in that, in that movie. So this Ritz, Ritz Quackers? Quackers. Ritz Quackers. I, you know, I have to really exaggerate the, yeah. the last yeah, part, or what I will do is I will screw it up. Okay, John. I'm okay, ready what's the number two one? The second. Why can't vampires write their uh, write autobiographies? Why can't vampires write autobiographies? Oh man, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they aren't good at self reflecting. They're good at self reflection. I think that's very deep. Yeah, I, like I, I kind of you know, like it. A little bit, they're a little bit heavy this week, I'm afraid, uh, particularly the second wow. one. Oh, yeah, self-reflection. But I give, I give a thumbs up to the coach. I do, too. These He, he dug for these because these are excellent. Of course, you curated and you had a choice of four, and you chose the best two. Yeah, I, I do a little wordsmithing occasionally, but I didn't have to touch these much. Good work, John. Okay, talk to you later. Bye-bye.